was really grappling with this uh, earlier this week just and um so i think we should really be praying for sam as he shares his his story uh what what god has done and god's doing a great work in sam and christina and it's so exciting it's been just thrilling to be on the sidelines seeing seeing what god is doing in their lives so sam thank you for being willing to come on the call this morning and do the hard work of, of just sharing about your life um so may, may God bless you. Why don't we just have, have, have a word of prayer before we start? Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we, we come to you in the name of the name that is above all names. And that is the name of Jesus this morning. And Father, we, we uh, thank you for your mercies that are new again today, this morning. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. You, you're so merciful. You're so long-suffering. And you desire, you pursue us. You want to see every person able to, um, to confess their sins and become, uh, become your children. And you work through many circumstances to draw us to yourself. And we thank you, Lord, for that. And Father, this morning, we, we ask a special blessing on our brother, Sam, as he shares. Father, we rejoice in the work that you're doing in their lives. You're doing a great work, and you have a great plan for them, Lord. I'm, I'm confident. And Father, I ask as he shares this morning that he can just do that uh, without fear of man, and, and that you will be glorified, Lord, through this. So God, direct this conversation, this time together. Bless each one on the call here this morning, Lord. And Father, we ask together that may your kingdom come, and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So Sam, yeah, uh, all yours. Um, for the ones in the call here, Sam is from Calgary, Alberta. Um, and uh, he and I go, go back a long ways. I have two older brothers who married girls out of Alberta, Canada. So way back in the day, we went to Alberta for weddings and um, got to meet the Bear family. And they were a lot, a lot of fun to hang out with. <laughs> Never a dull moment with the Bears. Um, and Sam and I have been friends for, for years. We kind of were out of contact for about uh, 12 years mm -hmm. uh, when, when Sam left. left and, um, but thank the Lord for the last two years, we've been back in communication here. So, or maybe a year and three quarter. I think it was like in February of, of um, 2018 that you called me. Is that, is that right, Sam? Yeah, that's about uh, right. And, and yeah. gave good news. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. All right. All yours, brother. God bless you. Um, Thank you. I will correct you, though. I'm from Cochrane. Um, there is a distinction there. Okay. I, I did. I did live in Calgary for um, about seven years. Okay. Cochrane's only about thirty minutes away. Okay. But we Cochraneites need okay. to make that distinction. <laughs> All right. Um, I've been looking forward to sharing this, but there is, as Brian had mentioned, there is a. There's two things that I feel in sharing the story or the journey that I've been on. And one of them is a lot of shame mm. um, for the direction of travel that I chose for many years um, in walking away from God. But the other is a sense of an overwhelming sense of God's mercy to see the decisions I made and the path that I took and um, to see the hand of God at work in my life, 
um, drawing me back to himself. Um, God's mercy is incredible. I would like to read Amen. a few verses here in Ephesians 2 um, before we get started. Starting in verse 1, And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sin, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Amen. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. That is um, tremendously, I guess that's a picture of my life. Hmm. Dead in trespasses. Walking according to disobedience. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his love, has made me alive again. And I hope that that, um, <coughs> that the name of Christ is lifted up this morning in um, sharing my story to show the, the absolute mercy of God. Now, I was raised in a Mennonite home. A lot of, some of you might actually know my dad, um, John Bear. And he's a bishop in the Nationwide Fellowship. Uh, my grandfather was a bishop in the Nationwide Fellowship as well. I have eight siblings. Um, I grew up pretty much a pretty typical um, Mennonite upbringing, I believe. I came to Christ when I was just after my 13th birthday mm. and was baptized when I was 15 years old and was quite active in the church um, pretty much right from the, from the start, um, having devotions, teaching Sunday school, having Wednesday night topics. Um, and then when I got older, uh, 19 years old, I taught in the private school, the Mennonite private schools for three and a half years. Um, and was quite involved that way. Uh, went to a, went on a mission trip to China, smuggled Bibles in China. And by all accounts, I would say I was your pretty typical um, Christian Mennonite boy, I guess. Um, but then just before I turned 23 years old, I was, I had a job driving truck and there was a summer um, that everything went haywire, I guess. And if I look back on that, it's hard to even put a finger on what caused that, um, that falling away. And, but by the end of that summer, um, going into the winter, I had, I had lost my way. I moved out. I moved into town. Um, and during that time, I tried attending some Protestant churches for a while and tried to, you know, put on the Christian, uh, the worldly Christian way of living. And that didn't last. Um, 
there wasn't any specific conflict or event that caused the leaving. Uh, there wasn't any bitterness and any driving factor other than just, I guess, the desires of the flesh. And when people would ask, you know, why did you leave? You know, what happened? My, of course, my parents were heartbroken. Um, and they immediately blamed themselves. And so they were, you know, they would ask, you know, what have we done? What did we do to you to cause you to, to leave your way like this? And I didn't really have an answer for them. Um, it was, it was looking back now, I guess, um, it was as much a mystery to me because I was blinded to the, the choices that I was making. And then, um, there wasn't anything significant in my rebellion. It was just a desire to live for the flesh. Um, the world looked more appealing than the life that I was living. And I guess as a Mennonite then, I viewed the life I lived as just an option. Um, it was just a better way to live. And uh, when you have a uh, perspective of the Christian life that way, the world can look a lot more appealing than just a better option or a better way to live. Now, the thing about when I left and during the time away, um, I did have a high view of myself. I also kind of thought I was exempt um, from, you know, I was going to be able to live in sin and get away with it. And I thought that if I died, I would have a chance to make it right before I died. Um, I'm not sure where that confidence came from, but um, it was misplaced for sure. And the devil had definitely um, deceived me. And not long after starting down this path, I would say in the first year or two, um, rightfully so, I experienced a lot of darkness, uh, depression. I um, suffered with alcohol abuse. And of course, not long after that, drug use followed. And I remember one night at a really low time, um, I was living alone. And I don't remember what the difficulty was that I was going through that at that specific time, but I woke up or was awake, laying in bed, um, thinking about God and um, thinking about my life and where it was and the desperation, the sheer desperation in my heart. I climbed out of bed and turned the light on and, and um, started talking to God out loud and kind of um, begging him to show himself to me. And of course, there was just silence in an empty room and I went back to bed. And uh, that empty, cold feeling of knowing that God probably heard me and he wasn't responding because of the state of my heart. And um, it, was, it was a lot, a lot of desperation. Wow. But during this time, I also started to think of Christianity as a self-help program and as prayer, as a meditation. Um, I was bringing it down to the level of um, people that 
you know, meditate, make themselves feel better, organize their thoughts, think about positive things. And um, when I looked at Christianity, I tried to fit that into that mold. And I think part of it was is I didn't have a proper view of Christianity at that point. And of course, with time, um, it came, it led to the eventual denial that God even existed. But regardless of my efforts to do away with God, um, because if you can do away with God, you're not responsible for the decisions you make. Uh, regardless of those efforts, I always had an underlying sense that God was real. Mm. And my heart was numb to him, even though I was afraid of not being right with him. It's that's not a, a, a great place to be in to recognize, you know, to know in, the, in your heart of hearts that there is a God, there is a creator, and yet your heart is numb and you're not willing to make the steps to be right with him. Uh, it's a fearful place to be. In 2011, um, I lived most of this time in Grand Prairie. That's where my parents are now. And in 2011, my brother and I and a friend of ours moved to Calgary and that marked a turning point in my life. Um, it wasn't a good turning point at first, but eventually, as you'll see, it was. God had a plan in bringing us down here. It was a whim. I believe it was November of 2011. My brother and I and my friend were sitting around and we said, we're moving to Calgary. We didn't know anyone in Calgary at that point. It was just a whim. And by the end of December, we actually lived in Calgary. And then it was the next May that I met Christina, who is now my wife. Hmm. Wow. Now, Christina had no Christian upbringing at all. Her parents were divorced when she was young. Um, her parents would say they were Catholic. So her dad did read her some Bible stories when she was little. And so she had, um, as she put it, she had a remembrance of maybe some of the big stories like Christmas and Jonah and the flood and a few of those. But other than that, she they were very adverse to any religion. And even at the beginning of the relationship, I had a little sense that it probably wasn't a good idea. I mean, even in my um, the state of my heart, it probably wasn't a good idea to have a relationship with a woman that not exists. Um, that it wasn't a good idea to have a relationship with someone who was very closed to any type of religion but i plowed ahead anyway and um mm. it was it at the time it was it's, it was probably a mistake but obviously the hand of god was at work after dating a couple years uh, we moved in together we lived pretty typical selfish worldly lives. Uh, we thought we were good people. And if you did ask me at that time, I, I bounced back and forth between saying God doesn't exist and to saying that I was a Christian. Uh, it depend depended on the person I was talking to, I guess. Um, so we thought we were good people and um, we thought we were contributing to society, you know, on some level. And, but there was no um, attention to scripture or every once in a while, I would say a prayer, I guess, just out of 
when the guilt got to be too much or the, the night was too quiet. Um, Christina dealt with depression and I would try to respond and to help her. And of course I had nothing to offer her, uh, not any lasting help. And I would see her suffer with it. And I knew in my heart that I had the answer. And that is a confession of um, total depravity, I guess, to, to see someone you love suffering and in your heart that, that you have the answer to her needs. You could show her scripture. You could show her Jesus Christ. And I would make vague comments about turning to the light and, and you know, kind of new agey stuff like that to try to help her find some peace in her heart. Of course, it was to no avail. Um, I'm ashamed that I didn't actually point her to truth at that time. But I believe that the hand of God was at work there as well. So we got married in 2015. Our social circles weren't great. And we were in a rut of partying and drinking and just not living well. And it was starting to have an effect on our lives. And we didn't know how to break from it. Some of those things can get a hold of you. And of course, the devil or the world's perspective of it, it's fun, but such a waste of time. And so when we were expecting our first child, it was that was the motivation we needed to start making some better choices. There's something about um, looking forward to being responsible for another soul that will make you um, reconsider the decisions that you make in life. And so in a choice to make a difference or to change something, um, Calgary is a big city, 1.2 million people, and it's not a super friendly place to live. Um, you often didn't even know your neighbors. So we decided to move to Cochrane because it was a smaller town and there was a lot, it's a lot more family oriented. There's a lot more uh, younger families that live here. Um, it's about 35,000 people. So we moved to Cochrane in spring of 2018. So the move and having our first child cut our friend group down to a fraction of the size. So there was a lot less influence um, from our peers than there had been up to this point, which was a good thing. After living in Cochrane for almost a year, um, we hadn't met a lot of people or made very few new friends. Um, our outlook on life was really dim. Uh, we were going through some financial difficulty at that time and it was putting a strain on our marriage. And of course I knew in my heart, I was in need. Um, it really was starting to come close to home and I felt a helplessness with the direction of travel. I mean, we should have been a happy, excited people, you know, young couple, first child was born. Um, but it's when the, when the things of the heart aren't right, it, it feels like you are on a crash course, um, regardless of the well, well laid plans you make for your future, regardless of, um, you know, what, 
people are saying about your lives or anything like that. You just, you know, in your heart that this train is not headed in the right direction. It seemed like things were very dark in our lives and we didn't have a lot of hope. So I downloaded the YouVersion Bible app and started reading the verse of the day on the sly. And the reason I was hiding it was because I was because of Chris, Christina's aversion to religion. And I was worried that if I mentioned it or pushed it or anything like that, it would close a door. Now, that was just a, a coward's way of um, of not confronting her with truth. But in reading the scriptures, it was like water on parched lips. Wow. The, the word of God was probably, I mean, I know that it was the Holy Spirit working through the God, word of God, but the word of God was probably the largest drawing card in bringing me back to faith. Um, something about my heart's response to reading even one small verse, it, it's like it touched a sensitive chord in my heart and my hunger for truth and for the things that um, I remembered just grew exponentially over the next few months. So we were trying to meet new people in our community. Um, we were new to Cochrane, so we we're trying to meet new people. And I had mentioned in passing, I think it was um, toward the end of 2018, that, well, we could maybe swing by a church. Christina wasn't open to the idea the first time I mentioned it. But the second time I said, well, we have a greater chance of meeting nice people because they're Christians. So even if all we did was met some nice people, um, they would, that would be a benefit. She agreed. And we made a list of the churches here in Cochrane. There's quite a few. Cochrane is a very conservative town. Um, there are a lot of churches here. And the first one on the list was the Bow Valley Baptist Church. And I had something to do with that. I wasn't interested in going to a Lutheran or Anglican or Catholic or something like that. So the first Sunday we attended, the pastor preached about God's love. I was extremely happy to be hearing the word of God preached. And I learned later that it sparked something in Christina. And I was surprised that when the next weekend rolled around, she asked if we were going to go back to church. Now, the second Sunday, they had a lady do a skit, and the skit was on John Newton's life called Amazing Grace. In hearing the life that he lived and the levels of sin that he sank to um, and the fact that he was raised with a Christian mother and fell to such depths of sin, the realization dawned on me that if this man can be saved, I too can be saved. If there's grace for him, then there's grace for me. And that realization awakened something in me that morning. Wow. And then at the end of the service, the pastor had got up and was leading in prayer. And I looked over and Christina had tears rolling down her face. You'll have to forgive me if I get... Um, emotional talking about this uh it is 
fairly fresh. That's okay, brother. And it is a beautiful thing to witness the power of God working in someone's life. So we went home from church. We had lunch. It was a, a quiet drive. We had lunch after church. Um, we put our children down for nap. We had a second one at the beginning of 2019. So this was the beginning of 2019. Um, our little boy, Elliot, was born in 2016. And Autumn was born in the spring of 2019. Or January, sorry, of 2019. So we put the children down for a nap. And we sat it down at the table in silence. And I finally asked her, I said, so what was going on? What happened? And she said that the pastor, she broke down and said that the pastor had prayed about true joy at the end of her end of the service. And that joy coming from the amazing grace um, that God offers. And she said, there's that's something that I've been looking for my entire life. So I explained to her what I knew about salvation, about finding that joy, about the grace of God. I believe I read her some scriptures. And of course, this was, this was quickening, you know, what had been happening in my heart up to this point. Um, so we prayed together. I prayed, she prayed, we wept. And we laughed and we were filled with joy. Mm. Um, yeah. It was, it was a tremendous experience. Amazing. She later shared that when she was 14, her mom had asked her what she wanted for Christmas. And she said, I just want to be happy. I think that says a lot about um, the life, the home that she grew up in. And that kicked off our kingdom journey. Um, our home, the atmosphere changed completely. Um, we attended the Baptist church faithfully. We started getting involved. We were volunteering. We were attending the small groups. Um, I was the building and grounds leader. And we teamed up with the pastor and started something called the Movement Network, which was an organization to connect people and to mobilize supplies, funds, personnel in support of church planting. Um, mm. If that seems like a strange task for new Christians, it probably was, but <laughs> there was a fire um, lit in our hearts. And Christina was consuming truth and reading the Bible. It was all brand new to her. She had never read the Bible before in her life. Um, so it was, the, the questions were pouring in. Um, it was a wonderful, um, a wonderful time for me because I could dig into the things that I remembered and um, explain them the best I could remember. Um, every, after every Sunday message, we would get home, open our Bibles, discuss the message we had heard and, you know, mind the truth and feed our souls and um it was a it was a, a beautiful time in our lives rediscovering the word and prayer and i had such a tremendous privilege of walking alongside her as she discovered the things of god for the first time um being able to do that with my wife was um, a, a tremendous blessing from god 
we were both baptized in the summer of 2018. Um, you might think it was strange that I was baptized again it, when the pastor first brought it up because I had been baptized at 15. When the pastor had first brought up um, the possibility of me being baptized with Christina, Christina was baptized as an infant since their family was Catholic. And so she felt the need to be baptized. And so he asked if I wanted to be baptized with her. And at first I was adverse to the, op to the idea. And then um, we don't need to get into the discussion of um, right or wrong baptism, but I ended up being baptized with her. It was a good experience to be baptized with her, and I was glad to have done it. Um, I'm not sure if I would do it again if I was in that situation. Now, I wanted, I wanted so bad to believe that this was, the, this was the life for us. We could see a future in this church. Um, we could see opportunities of service. Like I said, we were involved with the movement network. Um, we were meeting with the pastor pretty much every week to develop that, to um, build the website, to make the connections. And so we were, we were building that right from the ground up. And we saw a place, and Christina, obviously, being new to the faith, um, didn't know any different than what she was seeing. Um, I did. She says, I'm unmuted, but I am muted. And I tried to... I tried to believe yeah, that, so. you know what, this is, this is it. We've arrived. I can serve the Lord here. I can do the will of God came here. Push it on. Um, hey, uh, someone does not have mute on their phone. If you could just mute your phone. I'm uh, muting uh, people as we go. Okay. Thank you, Patrick. Appreciate it, brother. Back to you, Sam. Thank you. Yeah. I wanted to believe that this was it. Um, because it was it was amazing, you know, for the first few months, for the first half year or so, it was incredible. And but the problem that we were running into is, you know, after a Sunday morning, you would go home, search the scriptures, study it, and it didn't take very long to realize that the journey that we were on and the things that we were hearing at church didn't quite line up. Um, the, the fire that was in our hearts and the, the leading of the spirit in our hearts um, didn't quite have the same ring of truth to it, or like our, what we were hearing at church didn't quite have the same ring of truth as what we were reading in the scriptures. And part of that would have been because of my um, knowledge of scriptures from before, but it kind of put a damper on our, on our journey because we started realizing that, Hey, these guys are preaching a partial gospel and we, our paths were starting to separate and it didn't take very long till we felt like, you know what we need to, we need to separate ways. We need to pull out of the programs that we're in. We need to go a separate way than, than the church that we were attending was headed. It was around this time actually it would have been before this time that I had been in contact with Bryant and he had mentioned um, followers of the way. Now we were listening to messages um, from followers of the way for um, a few months. And I think that contributed the teaching of the kingdom of Christ um, contributed to our realization that the Baptist church um, wasn't quite preaching a full gospel. So in search for sound teaching, um, we started watching these messages. We were growing in our faith. 
Um, I was learning about the gospel of the kingdom in a different way than I had before. And for Christina, this was, she was learning of the gospel of the kingdom for the first time. And it was, it was wonderful to see the, the simplicity that she had when she read the scriptures to see a person that had, didn't had never read the Bible before reading the scripture, seeing the spirit at work in her heart and the simplicity of the faith that I saw in her. And it was, it was showing me um, a proper view of truth, a proper view of the work of Christ. Uh, and that probably should have been the other way around. I probably should have been showing her a proper view, but the work that was going on in her and her simple faith and just taking the Bible for what it was taking, taking the teachings of Christ for what it was. And to the point where one day she asked me, she was reading the sermon on the Mount and she said, why are there some things that Christ taught that we take literal and other ones that we don't? Hmm. Um, she says, how do I know the difference? How do I know which ones I'm supposed to take literally? And that made me pause and think, um, why why was there that difference why was this and um it wasn't too long after that that she found um the kingdom that turned the world upside down by david Rousseau and listened to it on audible and i had been away working um she called me and she said sam you have to read this book this is this explains it this explains all of it the gospel of the kingdom um, so that God was definitely, um, had a plan in our lives to bring us to a proper understanding of the kingdom, the kingdom of God. And so we pulled out of the Baptist church. Um, we notified the past pastor that we couldn't attend there anymore. We shared the things that concerned us. He didn't have a lot to say to us about it. And he basically, you know, that was it. Um, there wasn't a lot of pursuing or, you know, trying to discuss anything. I was hoping that we could, you, we could discuss some things. Um, I still had a little feeling that, you know, I, I, I knew in my heart that if I went after the kingdom, it was going to be, it was going to take everything. So I guess there was a little bit of me that still wanted to believe that there might be a halfway when it comes to the kingdom. And obviously there isn't. Um, so we were hoping that it would open up a discussion with him and that he would have some good explanations for some things, but that didn't happen. And I think it was the grace of God that it didn't because Christina with her newness to it and my, um, as ashamed as I am to share, you know, kind of hoping that, you know, I could just park here somewhere and be comfortable, but that wasn't the case and praise the Lord that we moved on from that. Um, and through the teachings of the followers of the way and, the what we've read in um, the kingdom that turned the world upside down now that book shook my view i remember i left here at about three o'clock in the morning i was driving up to grand prairie to do something with my dad and at about six o'clock in the morning i was trying to think of who i could call or talk to because i was listening to this book in the car and the spirit of god was um it, it shook my view of the kingdom it shook my view of the christian life and i um I believe that for the first time at that point, I actually counted the cost of being a Christian. And I know that Jesus says that, that you don't, 
start anything of any value without first sitting down and counting the cost. And I don't know that I had ever counted the cost of being a Christian before and looked it straight in the eyes and said, wow, this is going to cost me everything. I mean, I've always known, I knew that, but it never um, hit home like it did um, driving down the highway at six in the morning. And uh, my oldest brother, Art, he's in uh, North Carolina. So I was like, well, he, it's later for him. I, I started texting him and, and sharing with him what I was, I was experiencing. And he was praising the Lord. And um, I'm sure he was shouting hallelujah, but he was texting hallelujah. Uh, he was pretty excited about the journey that I was on there. So God was faithful and it, it caused an upheaval in our lives a little bit in our um, Christian walk, but we didn't know what to do at that point, you know, when we stopped going to Bow Valley. So we decided to stay home and listen to some messages just by ourselves. Um, COVID came along and we got lonely. There was about six weeks where we didn't have much interaction with anybody, um, you know, other than a few phone calls and stuff. But as far as fellowship didn't happen, um, we were home alone. Now, there was a South African family that we had met through the Bow Valley Baptist Church, and we knew that they weren't happy there. So, see, we were we started um, doing Zoom calls with them. And eventually we decided, you know what, come on over Um let's start spending our Sundays together and, you know, we can watch some messages together. They had some suggestions of people to watch and we did, and we kind of shared it back and forth and we started meeting at our house with them. And they're an older family. Um, their children are 22 and 15, I believe. And so we did that for a while and God has brought um, two other families into our lives as well. A uh, young family that moved here from Texas about a year ago. They, he has a, <clears throat> a kingdom vision and he's been, um, they haven't come as regular as we would like because we enjoy their fellowship. Um, so we've been just holding meetings here in our house every week. Um, eventually we got away from just watching or listening to messages. And I've been sharing a word from the scripture from time to time. We had a sense that we need Christian fellowship. We need faithful people that have been walking in um, the truth. We tried moving away twice to a community with an established group. Um, but those plans fell through both times and one of them in quite a significant way. So we feel the call of God to be here at this time. Um, it does. We feel the need for fellowship with a faithful group and we long for it. As Bryant knows um, from our week or biweekly complaining about our loneliness <laughs> And, but we continue to study, we continue to grow and hope that we are doing the will of God here as we meet with these families in our home and try to minister them, minister to them as the best we can. So that's, uh, that's about what I have to share this morning.
Thank you, Sam. That was uh, really touching to hear you sh hear you share that journey. Thank you for for doing that hard. Thank you for doing that hard work. Um, wow. God, God is just not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. Amen. He's so so long suffering. That's, that's touching. Um, so I'm going to open it up here just for any questions uh, for for you, Sam, in just a, a little bit. I'm sorry. Yeah, for from, from the group. Um, any questions that you might have? Um, yeah, I think someone has their phone unmuted. So if you can mute that, that'd be great. Um, yeah, so there was just a lot of things just going through my mind uh, in that, you know, 10 years, was it, Sam, that you were really just walking yeah, away from God? Yeah. Um, one of the questions I have, so I, I hang my head in shame, mm -hmm. Sam, as I think about that. Um, I, I, don't, I don't recall praying for you. Mm -hmm. I remember the news, getting the news uh, that you had, that you'd walked away and how shocking and just devastating that was. But I don't remember um, if I called you, I, how much I prayed for you. And so I hang my head in shame for, for not doing the work that I should have been doing. Um, but my, my question for you, was there anyone, you know, who reached out to you um, or in that 10 years who really pursued you and engaged you with the gospel, like in a, in a, in, in a, in a way that was, that you just had to like reject it. Was there anyone? Not necessarily. Um, shortly after I left, there was a student that called me that I had been, um, that I taught in, in school. Interesting. And that, that was very meaningful to me, even though I didn't want to hear what he has to say. Um, hmm. My family, um, I would say that they were faithful in trying to show me and it was conversations or, you know, um, different things that they did to try to show me that, Hey, you know, you know, you're not living right, but they're, they are, uh, they went from the basis that, you know, you have the knowledge, you know, that what you're doing is wrong, but there was, there was some points there in my life. They were friction points because I didn't want to hear it. Um, but other than that, um, I don't recall a lot of, um, reaching out. And the thing is, is for a while that was, you know, that kind of stoked my, um, reason for not my reason for leaving, but for staying away while well, they don't care anyway. Mm. But in looking back in retrospect, I, I know that they had seen my life before they had seen my, um, activity, my following, um, my work in the church and things like that. And to see me fall away, they, um, I don't hold them, hold them hard for, for not reaching out or to, you know, reaching out to, to, to talk to me any more than they did, because I know that um, I had an understanding, you know, what were they going to say to me that I didn't already know or hear before. Mm -hmm. um, and also life is, life is busy. I mean, there's a lot of other people in our lives. Um, who was I that, you know, they would come and or spend some time talking to me. I'm sure 
everyone is busy and yeah. Hmm. Wow. Um, yes. Yeah, so like I said, I'll open it up here just in a minute, but maybe one more question I had for you. Um, as you think about that time there, um, just walking away from God and, and you talked about that night in your room where you turned the light on and, and you, you know, you were crying out to God and it felt like you had an, an iron ceiling and um, was what could have somebody have said or done in that time that as you look, as you reflect on that, like would, would, would there have been, I'm so the reason I'm asking that is because there's, there's many people, you know, that we know on this call, it's, it's probably dozens of people, mm-hmm. you know, who we know who've walked away, who, who, who rejected truth. I think of a, a family just right across the ridge from us um, who, who have and mm-hmm. um, the next couple of streets up. And how do we reach out to those folks? Do you have any, any suggestions? <laughs> In looking back, I, I believe that my, um, my perspective of Christianity was wrong and whether this would have helped or not, but it, my understanding of it now is to reach souls, there's relationship. And I can see in the time before I left that there was kind of in it, I was doing it whether I knew I was or not, but um, driving a wedge in between me and other people and drifting away and spending less time with people than, you know, with godly people than I should have been. Um, part of it was the job I had some days I was working, you know, 19 hours. And so there was a separation from individuals and the individuals, I can't blame them for it because in all appearance, I was okay. Um, there may have been signs that things were going astray. Um, my parents would probably say that they thought maybe my love was growing cold, but it was a, it was a pulling away from relationships Hmm. and Hmm. knowing the the proper view of the kingdom and what it costs. I look back now and I say, man, I wish I would have known then what I know now about what it costs, what it is to follow Christ Hmm. and the blessing of it. Um, so a proper, a proper understanding of the kingdom of Christ and proper relationships would probably be two things that would go a long way in bringing in holding people to a relationship with Christ or bringing them to a a relationship with Christ. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. I'm going to open it up here. So let's, let's be quick with our, with our questions. Um, Who has the first one? Sam, this is John Martin. I'm from your roots back here in Panola, Pennsylvania. I knew your uncle Nelson quite well. Um, I'm curious how you would describe the difference between a concept of the kingdom uh, as the central message of the gospel and what you would have grown up with. Uh, Because all of us want somehow for people to understand a kingdom concept of the gospel. So could you in just a few moments, a few sentences, Describe the difference between your understanding now and your previous understanding of the gospel. So you got to bear in mind that, you know, there's some time lapse and I'm going off of memories of uh, my experience in where I was raised. But 
um, I've been thinking about that specific question quite a bit over the last couple of weeks or that um, the idea and the, the different view I have of the kingdom than I had before. And the conclusion I've come to is, well, what, on a personal level, the, the way I lived was a better option. And the way I see the kingdom now is it, it is the only option. And mm. um, one of the things that has changed in my view of the kingdom is that there are two kingdoms. This is, we are a part of a real kingdom um, established by God with Christ as our king. And I, I guess those truths never, never, I don't remember them being taught in that clarity or that distinction that this is a real thing. I mean, we knew it was real. I knew it was real. The spiritual life was, was real, but it didn't hit home that. I was responsible to Christ as my King for the things that I do in the way that I live. Um, I guess the, the clear vision of the kingdom of Christ and his teachings has changed my view of, you know, how I live out my life. And so to, I guess I just didn't, wasn't taught it in that clarity or, you know, didn't hear it in that clear of terms before um, we knew that there was or i knew that there was the um, powers of darkness and we were you know servants of god but something about clarifying that as you know there's we're not just we are citizens of another country living in occupied territory and we serve our king jesus christ so that distinction um, makes a big difference in my life let me bring my experience a little bit uh, to the fore here, and you can compare it with yours. But I look back now, and what I heard was what I have uh, sort of coined the term a save me gospel. The focus was on me. The focus was on getting ready uh, for death and making sure I was going to heaven. Uh, and people often ask me, what's the difference between your concept of the gospel and the typical concept? And I, my very short answer is, uh, the gospel that most people hear is focused on me getting to heaven. Mm -hmm. The gospel that Jesus taught is about getting heaven to earth. Uh, does that resonate with you? I mean, most of what I heard was revival preaching. You need to get saved or you'll go to yeah. hell. Yeah. Uh, the focus is on me. It was all about me and, and get it. Now, you know, we talked about evangelism and all those things, too. But the bottom line was uh, in, in resolving any moral issue was, well, I go to hell if, mm -hmm. if I do this. Uh, that was the focus. The focus is on me. It wasn't on getting heaven to earth. It was on getting me to heaven. I can relate to that completely. And I remember that how surprised I was when I started discovering that, you know, the story from the beginning of creation, that heaven was to come to earth. Um, you know, starting with the garden and then throughout, you know, with the tabernacle and the temple. And, and I remember um, I was actually listening to um, the Bible Project podcast and he was explaining that. And I was driving down the road. I remember where I was in the road when I realized these truths Hallelujah. and it had a, a lasting impact yeah. on my life to think about it that way. And so and another thing that shocked me was that me gospel. Um, which I now recognize as more of a Protestant 
or, you know, evangelical view of the gospel where um, there's kind of this individualistic, um, there's not a strong group. Now I recognize there's not a strong group belief. Um, we believe that we're supposed to be there for each other, but there wasn't that accountability to each other. When I talked about the relationship thing before, you know, that driving a wedge between um, me and other people, being allowed to do that. I know people have um, the power of choice, but there wasn't a strong group where we're all in this together. We're on this, we're on the same side. Um, so I can, I, I recognize those things now, you know, as I'm learning that that was the perspective back then that, and when I say that, you know, the Mennonite way of life was just a better choice for me, you know, it wasn't, you know, I didn't identify with it as the kingdom of Christ, it was just a better option. And I think there in that, in that was the breakdown of my, my faith in the direction of travel. Hmm. One more question, Sam, if you had heard a kingdom gospel growing up, do you think you probably would not have uh, wandered away? Well, The short answer is no, I don't believe I would have, but that's, you know, hard to, to put out in that solid of an answer. Um, I believe I, I wouldn't have left because like I said, that, that point on the road, listening to the, um, the kingdom that turned the world upside down and counting the cost and still being willing to pursue that. So if, if I was taught a proper kingdom view before, hypothetically, I would say that, you know, I would have counted the cost earlier and I would have um, been, uh, I guess, stronger in my faith because of it. So I want to teach the kingdom to the people around me because of the blessing it's been to my life. And I believe that there's um, real staying power in the knowledge of it. The reason I ask that is because as a youth, we struggle with all kinds of passions and temptations and problems. And the, the, the thing that's supposed to capture our attention and keep us is uh, this way out there in the future when we get old, we're gonna die. Uh, the kingdom gives us a present purpose for living. Absolutely. Um, where that other that other uh, goal is too far in the future for most people uh, mm -hmm. the the uh, demands of life are too immediate uh, you need an immediate goal and the and the kingdom gives you that uh, the sense Absolutely. that you're part of a of a uh, an actual kingdom that's having an influence on the world and it's very important to draw together with other christians you know it, to me the mennonite way uh, had this paradox in it. There was this tremendous emphasis on church. There was tremendous emphasis on community. And yet somehow it got disconnected from the kingdom. And so we were, we were emphasizing community, but we were talking about getting to heaven rather than right. getting heaven to earth. Uh, and so to bring the teachings of Jesus together with what we actually experience as Mennonites with an emphasis on community is just a wonderful uh, way of finally getting uh, the truth of the gospel connected with what we were brought up to believe. Amen. I would say that now if I hear of young people that are leaving or things like that, the first thought that comes to mind is they, they haven't caught a vision of the kingdom. And I really wish 
Um, like there's been different times that I really wish that I could go back to 15 year old me and say, listen, this is real. You know, you're, this is, this is, there was a, there was a detachment to the spiritual. You knew you were supposed to do it and you can't read the scriptures and not be moved and touched by it. So, you know, even as 15 year old me read the scriptures, it would, it did move me. And people ask me, well, do you believe you were saved back then? I had no reason to believe I wasn't. I mean, I, I was experiencing something and, you know, the, the scriptures were moving me, but there was still a, a, a bit of a detachment to, you know, owning it and be claiming it and being a part of it. And I say that, um, knowing that that was my fault. Like I, I, I look back, I look at it now and I say, you know, you can be a kingdom Christian in that church, specifically the one that I grew up in. I know that, that you can be a kingdom Christian there. And if you're not, then you're not studying your Bible. And, but there, there is something to be said about the, the, for lack of a better word, the culture of it, that it doesn't foster that level of investment in the kingdom of Christ. Mm. Um, that's the feeling I got that it doesn't foster that. And mm. there isn't enough of a strong group mentality to call each other to that level of investment in the kingdom of Christ. And there is room to be um, detached from the spiritual reality. Amen. Thank you. I have two questions. Yes. Go ahead, Dan. Uh, number one. They're both compound questions, but I'll make it quick. Um, are you on Pacific time? And what time is it? Is question Mountain. Where it's you five o'clock. Uh, number two, uh, the brand of Baptist that you had attended, was it Southern, Northern, Independent, Primitive? Southern. Okay. Southern Baptist. Southern, Southern Baptist and at 50 degrees North Latitude. That's right. <laughs> so that's the actually item two, the, item one. Uh, Pacific time. Uh, what time is it? Where you are? It's five o'clock here. Okay, thank you. Are you on Pacific time, or what do you call your your time zone? Mountain time. Mountain time. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Okay. Any any other questions for Sam? Now's your chance to grill him. I got a question. Yeah, Patrick. Hey, how are you? Sam, great to listen to you. I love your story, um, your testimony. I'm sad that you had to go through it. But, you know, I have this thought that, you know, you said you could have subverted. And had you had the kingdom message, you would have not run the way you did. I don't know if I'm wrong or right, but... Don't you believe that you had a course you had to leave? And I'm not talking about pre whatever. I don't, I don't have that big concept about it, but I, you know, I have this idea that God had me go through a whole bunch of stuff. He didn't put me in there, but he allowed me to go through what I needed to find where I'm at today. But if somebody, you know, like in Alcoholics Anonymous, there's a saying that nobody could save you the pain that you need to go through. You have to go through it before you get to your ends. And that was my thinking with that discussion with you and John. Critique me, throw rocks, tell me where I'm wrong. I'm probably in some kind of thought process that's wrong and I'll be beat up, but that's okay. 
I, I agree with that completely. Um, that's why I mentioned the mercy of God at the beginning of this, that, and that's, that's what, that's what crashed down around my shoulders when I made it back to the cross was through my idiot choices and foolish, um, um, path that I took dangerous path, walking in dark places with dark people and with the devil, um, such a dangerous direction of travel. But when I look at where I'm at now with my wife, a born again believer, the mercy of God, uh, did I have to walk that direction? If it meant the saving of her heart, then I did. Then the pain, the shame, all of it was worth it to get to where we are today. Um, so I, I know exactly what you're talking about, Patrick. See, God didn't put me in prison. He allowed me my behaviors. Well, he wanted to save me. He had that. He wanted that. But I had to go my way. And in my brokenness, I had to get myself and go down this depravity to get myself in a corner where I went, oh, I could have had a V8. Yeah. And what I mean by that is when I was in prison, I was alone. I, I was separated. I realized I had nothing and that every problem that I created was by my own hand. Then and only then could I cry out and say, I can't, you can help. Right. And if you want to talk about emotions, that was a very emotional time, even years later, because that was my breaking point. And I'm in a recovery business and I work with people where I have to look for that brokenness to decide whether I want them or not. So thank you. Sam, I, I don't have any questions necessarily, but I just wanted to thank you for sharing. And uh, you probably didn't see, but I had tears running down my face. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Praise thank the Lord. Any any other yeah. questions, my brother? Yeah, I was just going to say yeah. thank you, Sam, as well for for sharing this morning really really enjoyed hearing hearing what god is is doing has done and is doing in your in your lives it made me think of what what jesus said um you shall know the truth and the and the truth shall shall set you free it's just so profound um there's so much truth that can just be um, shared through, through story. Like that's how we learn. That's how we, that's how the, the truths of scripture get connected to reality. When we hear people, when we hear people tell story. And, uh, so yeah, thank you for, thank you for telling your story. I don't know if I have a, have a question for you at, uh, at the moment. Um, but I, I would also just put a plug out there for, for the book you mentioned several times. Yeah. The Kingdom That Turned the World Upside Down by by David Berceau. It's available, you know, all over the place. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, it, that resonates with me because that's probably one of the key books that that influenced me as well. Just coming to a, coming to a understanding of the kingdom. I don't think I have it fully developed yet. I know I don't. Um, in some ways, I feel like I've been I've been taught. You know, even even this morning, 
in these ways. And, uh, but yeah, if you haven't read that book, um, I can send one to you. Just give me your address. <laughs> thank, thank you, Sam. God, thank you, Sam. God bless you. Um, Sam and his wife have been have been handing this book out. It's it's been amazing. I think one of her calls, you know, she was um, Christina was saying how she handed out a couple that week or something like that. So <laughs> uh, they've experienced that kingdom epiphany, as Dean Taylor talks about, and um, it, it's amazing to see just see that message going out from from this couple right in a part of the world where it's some of the kingdom has not come yet. So that's mm-hmm. it's amazing. Sam. Um, so could you tell us a couple, a couple prayer points for you all? It's, 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 wow. It's 10 minutes after seven. It's time to wrap this call up here. Um, but could you give us a couple of prayer points? And then I'm going to ask one of the brothers here to pray for you and end this call. So. Um, pray for, uh, I guess we are, we are feeling the need for guidance on where to go from here. Um, we have a group of people that we meet with every weekend, but we feel the need for experienced Christians to feed into our lives. And we're not sure in which direction that's going to come from yet. So that I would say that's probably one of our biggest burdens right now is, and my wife, as I realized the other day, as a new Christian, she hasn't experienced a great part of what it means to be a Christian in the fellowship of a Christian faithful church. And I really um, would like her to experience that and fellowship with, you know, people that have been walking in this way. Um, Of course, there's been a lot of people that have blessed our lives in this journey, but we need fellowship. We need a group. We need people. So, yeah, we pray that uh, God would guide us in that way. Amen. Okay. Uh, well, thank you, Sam. And uh, Darvin Martin, uh, are you able to pray? Pray, f- pray for um, our brother and our sisters, Sam and Christina, and their family. By the way, they have two children expecting their third. Um, so pray for them. And so, Darvin, if you could just close us with a, with a prayer here, uh, that would be wonderful. Uh, you're on mute there. Yeah, thank you, brother, for sharing. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for your mercy. We fear before you. You're a wonderful God and you know all our ways. And we cannot, where, where can we go from your presence? I thank you that, that in your mercy you have uh, redeemed us. Mm-hmm. It's not because we've made the right choices that we're, that we're where we are. Nearly to the nearly so much as that that you have been merciful and redeeming even even poor choices god i just thank you for this we want we want to know your way jesus you are the way you are the king of our lives and we just pray that you might bless sam and christine as they continue to seek after you you have promised your holy spirit would um, continue to guide us in the truth. I pray this upon them. I pray that they may have that sense of the understanding of your will, that you might grant them the wisdom, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ, that you might show them 
in, in practical ways, practical questions where, where they can find fellowship and how they can be, um, how they can fulfill the uh, purpose that you have for them. So I just thank you for this time. Would you bless them? Bless all of us as we um, are growing, are growing in our understanding of you and of your kingdom, Jesus. <clears throat> thank you that, that it is so un, unlike anything else in the world and all these, uh, all these uncertainties and unrest that surround us in the world. We recognize that it's because it's, uh, it's not your kingdom. And we, we rejoice in that you have given us and, and are to us um, so much more than, that, than, than what is around. You have given us the peace that passes all understanding. Mm. We praise you for this. Yes. So I just uh, pray that our lives could be a testimony to the king. Yes. Testimony of your glory. Yes. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 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 All right. Well, thank you everyone for joining. Um, again, thanks, Sam, for sharing. God bless your day. Let's remember to keep praying for them there and for direction for their lives there in that part of the world. Um, next Saturday morning, Lord willing, uh, Philip Hess is going to be joining us. Um, Philip recently wrote a book called Penial Substitution on Trial. Um, kind of a fancy theological word, but Philip believes that this uh, particular doctrine has has a cause for a lot of lawlessness uh, in the Christian church. And he's written and wrote, and wrote a book about it. So he's going to be talking about that, I believe, uh, next Saturday morning. Um, and we'll go ahead and close down and God bless your day. Goodbye. <laughs>